Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Hey, everyone. John Roca here. Podcast One is the leading destination for the best and most popular TV and film podcasts. We've teamed up with the Collider Network to bring you a number of shows, including one-on-one with Christian Harloff, where he interviews actors, directors, and more. We also have two-time Survivor contestant Rob Sesternino with his show Rob Has a Podcast. Seems pretty basic, where he covers all of your Survivor, Big Brother, and Amazing Race needs. Don't miss out on all of the AfterBuzz TV podcasts. They cover it all to find all of these shows and more go to podcastone.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts napa know how get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned napa because right now when you order from napa online you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend 35 dollars or more Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, everybody, how's it going? So what do we have today? We got Ryan Johnson doing a new trilogy. I did that backwards. The casting is, is happening, and other things are going down in Star Wars. That's the teases. I love them so much. Now here comes the Jedi Council. Oh, 
what the hell happened there? I don't know. And I'll tell you also, one of the reasons that I all went down is Cody goes, there's going to be a promo in the beginning. I think he meant pictures. And I was expecting a promo, and he threw me off. So, Cody, you're a little weasel. Uh, how's it going, everybody? Hope you're having a great day. Uh, Mikey Dayhead really hasn't started yet, so I don't know what the hell kind of day it's going to be. But I do know that it's getting a little bit better because I have the man in charge right there. There he is, Mr. Kylo Ken. How are you? I'm in charge. For today you are, because yeah. I don't know where I am. I think yeah. I'm like Harlow cool. or somewhere. Cool. Good job uh, drinking over there, Cersei Lannister, with that uh, right. Game of Thrones chalice. You like this? Uh, yeah. You uh, should see the one I've been drinking on, on live. It's like Thanos's chalice. And she's back on the council. I loved having her, and I always loved being around her. And big week for you on Collider here. Heroes, now to the council. Yeah. It's Fifo Diaz it's herself. It's true. I'm just all over Collider video this week. I, I'm very fascinated by this LaCroix, because like, yeah. most of the LaCroix cans that I get are just like your typical mm-hmm. run-of-the-mill soda cans, but Christian always seems to come in here with these ones that are sort of shaped like Red Bull? Is that is that like yeah, LaCroix plus? Those are the flavors. highfalutin LaCroix. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the the I don't make them. LaCroix. I don't make them. I just drink them. Uh-huh. It's my new shirt. It's not the next shirt after the one that you saw here. There's a Collider Live shirt that you guys can get. It's unlimited. And then it'll be another shirt coming up. But you got to get that. Now, just going in the link to the description, that might be true. I might be lying to you. I have no idea. I just work here. All right, <laughs> let's move on. We're starting with, what is it? It's Star Wars Movie News. That's right. Everything in the world of Star Wars. And we are going to uh, start off with some, what, casting news? What do we got, Ken? I mean, yeah, let's start with that. It was kind of uh, it's been a quiet cycle for Star Wars news, which is sometimes nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. But as, as expected, some of the castings are either slowly coming out or they're adding people. I, I think, you know, we, we know these things are in the works for a while, but we're now hearing a couple of them. We haven't had a chance to talk about it here on Jedi Council. Uh, we have a Hobbit. They're taking the Hobbits to Starkiller Base Point 2. Dominic Monaghan joined the cast last week. And then uh, Matt Smith, the 11th Doctor. Yep. He's in the cast as well. So that's the story, Christian. Let's speculate. Yeah, I'll speculate for sure. And I and I've, was able to mention this when it was announced. And I had... Get that spider of... picture off. What's wrong with that? That's Doctor Who. What? What what, what, What's wrong with you? Spider. What are you talking about? That one? No. What? Oh, oh, I see. Oh. You don't like spiders? No. Do you hate spiders? They're just not my favorite. So you don't like Spider-Man, hmm. Batman? Which, which is your favorite? I like Batman. It's not a spider. It's a bat. <laughs> it's Spider-Man By the way, Batman? bats tested for rabies in Pasadena. Let's lock down the hatches. <laughs> All right, fine. Anyways. Is that true? Yes. All right. And yet you have a thing against harmless spiders. Yeah, yeah you know. What is this show? Um, so <laughs> casting... And I had a chance, so if you guys haven't watched the show that I do here on, uh, it's a long-form show, one-on-one with Christian Harloff, and I had the pleasure of talking with Dominic Monaghan about, I don't know, a month or two ago, and he was promoting his television show, and inside of that, as I do with every guest I have, I asked him about Star Wars, and I said to uh, Dominic, I said, listen, you're friends with J.J., how does it work? Do you say, hey, look, let me come in and read? And I loved his answer because it was a little bit, um, again, uh, competent. And he said, no, no, no. It was more like, hey, what do you have that's right for me? And Because they're buddies. They've been friends yeah. since Lost. And when he said that, I was like, this dude's a, he's, he's a hustler. And he's already yeah. been in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. He was in Lost. It made sense the same way that Simon Pegg is buddies with J.J. That he would, if, and he's a huge Star Wars fan, by the way. Uh, Dominic Monaghan is a... Big Star Wars fan, and I think that he would have knocked the doors down to get the role, and it looks like he did just that, and he found the right role, and he's in the movie. The question of what, we can speculate in a second, but Matt Smith was a, was out of left field. That one, I like when, you, when Dominic Monaghan was announced, I said, well, that makes sense, especially after the conversation I had with him. I could see it. 
Matt Smith is a good choice. He's, he seems like he could be either an imperial or he could be someone along the lines of uh, or first order. But he, he looks like he could be somebody maybe f- a force user. There's a lot that he could do. I on if you're listening to this podcast feed uh, on on the Jedi Council podcast feed, we also have the Rule of Two with Mark Fernandez and Mark Riley, and they talked about it a, a little bit yesterday. And there's like kind of rumors going around, floating around that. Um, maybe these are two of the Knights of Ren. I love that idea. I don't think that that's the case, but I love the idea. I would, I would be excited to see it. Ken, you don't even care about the Knights of Ren, so do you, is this, is <laughs> this something you would care for? That's not true. You uh, said you don't care about it. I, them. I lost interest in them, uh, but I'm not not interested in them. Uh, I think uh, in, uh, in my... Uh, Fervor post Last yeah. Jedi. I just I did miss them in that movie, and I don't think they should have been the Praetorian Guards. But I'm interested in the lore. I love in Aftermath Wendeg's series. The, the acolytes of Beyond to me kind of connected to the Knights of Ren. There's definitely interesting stuff there. Yeah. So if they were part of the Knights of Ren, well, now you got me interested. If you do it right, I just don't think I need them for Kylo's story as other people do. But as with anything in Star Wars, if they look cool enough, we're all on board, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. But I'm with you. I don't think that's the case. I don't either. I think what will wind up happening is Matt Smith will probably be on the First Order and Dominic will probably be on the uh, Resistance. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I would love to see... uh, Matt Smith is a terrific actor. And it was one of those things where I I always really enjoyed him on Doctor Who. And one of the things that I thought he did extremely well was play this sort of duality of the happy-go-lucky raggedy man, but also the darkness of this doctor who had been involved in some shit mm. uh, and continued to be. And and then to see Matt Smith play Prince Philip on The Crown, I was right. absolutely blown away. He, he's just fantastic. But I do really want to see him play a bad guy because I think he makes a great villain. Yeah, it'd be cool to see because he played a bad guy in something recently in a movie. What was it? I can't remember, but I remember some film recently that he was in where he was the bad guy. And I remember thinking he was good, but he was underused. I can't remember what the hell it was. Yeah. It was it, but it also goes into the tradition, if you go back to what J.J. did in, uh, in Episode 7, but also what they did in the original trilogy, using those Brits. Yep, I there's, mean, uh, just yeah. get all your stock British actors in one movie and go. That's, and that's where we're going right now. But that's what, I mean, that's, what's, that's what the original trilogy did. I had a, somebody tweet at me when the Matt Smith news came out, because I was very excited about yeah. it, because I'm a big fan of Matt Smith, and I, I posted something. I was like, yes, I'm so excited. And, and of course, a number of people tweeted at me oh i hope he's a knight of ren and i'm i'm very much i think on the same page as you can of i'm not not interested but i'm also definitely not specifically interested don't feel like i need it to tell kylo ren's story but i did have one person tweet at me they're like snoke i was like i mean i'm here for a snoke flashback with that i don't think we've seen the end of snoke I, i really don't i think there's a lot more gonna happen with snoke kind of tying back into a lot of different things that happened throughout the entire trilogy, sure. the entire mo- all the movies in general. Um, I don't think that's the end of it. That's why I think it's possible yeah. that we get Knights of Ren. I actually am going to go on the other side with you guys to where, like, I don't need it. I, I do need it, and I'll tell you, because I want to see loose ends tied up in this movie, because I- I've never been a fan of... of when things say, well, you know, they didn't, they didn't necessarily have to do that. They just kind of mention it, and who cares about that particular angle? If you set something up in the first one... You don't have to, you know, conclude it in part two, but part three, 
let's do it because I thought that that's what a lot of the prequels suffered from. Like there was a lot of things that weren't really explained all the way through that we were kind of hoped for and they were they were just kind of thrown. Yeah, I was having a really interesting conversation about the prequels with people the other day actually about how the like so many of the ideas of the prequels are so so yeah. good, but there's a lot of tell don't show bad execution. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's been that's always been the the thing. There's a lot of great ideas. When you and I have talked about this many times over the years, and I think that I think that they have a chance here in episode nine mm-hmm. to get away with that. And like that line from Snoke in when he first sets it up to Kylo, where he's just like Master of the Knights of Ren, and you go, "What's the Knights of Ren?" And then you see that flashback in Maz's casting, like, "Well, who are those guys? When's that going to pay off?" And you haven't even talked about it really. They, you know, it, we don't know when that was. There's been no explanation of when that was. Was it a was it the future? Was it the past? Like, what was inside all those visions? Like, it it, it didn't really lead and, and coexist with what we saw in Last Jedi. So, will we see that then in Nine? I hope so, and I believe that JJ is going to do that. I think he's going to tie it up. Whether we like it or not, the way that he does it, I think he's going to attempt to do it. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. All right. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Next up, hey, speaking of Last Jedi, director Ron Johnson's been working on that new trilogy with Ron Bergman and his team. Uh, or has he? People aren't sure, but a Twitter uh, user reached out to him on uh, the Twit machine saying, are you still working on your Star Wars trilogy? I'm waiting for it. And Ryan Johnson just tweeted back, yep. Yeah, fist emoji, like a fist bump emoji. So that is still going on uh, as of right now. Any thoughts on that, Christian? I do have thoughts on that. I think my thoughts will probably, um, uh, you know, not a shock, but uh, I've said many times that I thought they wouldn't go ahead with this because Mm -hmm. of Ryan Johnson's kind of, he has been very divisive between fans. There are fans who love The Last Jedi. There are fans who hate it. There are fans who don't think it feels like Star Wars, like like, like myself. Um, but what I have done from what I've heard, and this is, I know tons of people are not going to agree with me what I say here. When I read Star, when I read interviews, when you hear Ryan Johnson talk, um, and I, again, like Mark Hamill, fundamentally disagree with a lot of the choices he made for episode eight. I do believe very much from reading this stuff, he legit cares about Star Wars. I think that he legit goes back and thinks about things that he the lore the 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 way the 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 way that george lucas set things up the way filoni kind of carried things in i legit think that he that he does care about that stuff i think that he made choices that again i don't necessarily agree with that some other people don't that you guys do agree with but what i think he has the chance to do and I believe he's going to do this. I do. And, and I was wrong because I thought, and I said that The Last Jedi, to me, I thought was going to be one of the best Star Wars movies of all time. And I was, I was wrong, um, in, in my opinion, obviously. But, uh, but I think that if he made a movie that was separate from all the stuff that we weren't expecting and introduced new things and got away from trying to do the Marvel humor and all that type of stuff and made it like Looper, the way he did those type of movies... I think he can make something special. I really do, because I think that there's some stuff inside The Last Jedi that really visually is beautiful. Well, it's interesting. It, it, it actually, I don't know, it kind of harkens back to a conversation we were having on Heroes yesterday about how within these sort of big genre, big franchise films, we're now seeing a lot of directors and writers who are trying to incorporate more of almost like indie cinema and play with some themes that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Obviously, we were talking about the whole Logan controversy uh, with mm. Ethan Hawke sharing his so opinions dopey. on so that. But, but, I, but I do think that, that one of the things that I have often said about Last Jedi that I personally like about it, the respect people that disagree, is that to me it felt like 
a film that happened to be a Star Wars movie. Right. As I, opposed, think I think that's what I dislike yeah, about it. As I agree a, with you. As opposed yeah. to a Star Wars first and a film second. Right. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's what I, and I think you and I are in the same philosophy too. Like I always compare it to what Shane Black did in Iron Man 3. To me, Shane Black made a Shane Black movie that was Absolutely. really good. Did not fit into the MCU whatsoever. But I think that it actually was a really good Shane Black movie if you look at to, towards the Sure. Side. So I, I think that, you know, the, the path that I'm sort of going down now is completely agreeing with you that yeah. I that I think that if 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 Last Jedi had no characters that you recognize, even if it was set within the Star Wars universe, but it's set way, way in the past, way, way in the future, and you're not dealing with characters like Luke Skywalker. Right. It's just a Jedi master who felt like he failed his students and specifically one that was related to him who was like this great hope. I think removing those expectations, you'd have a lot of people that didn't care for Last Jedi actually enjoy it. This is a great point because if you... Some of the biggest criticisms with Last Jedi for people who didn't enjoy it was the handling of Luke. And, you know, like there's the Canto Bite stuff to me still. Um, but I think that, the, you know, obviously the rest of the movie and certain things that he did, you can get away from that. But there... And the handling of kind of Leia and other things, characters that we were familiar with. Going off Emma's point, if you created a new trilogy trilogy inside of this galaxy, right? Uh, I think that he could do something. I think he, there, there would be something interesting. And I also think that, and this is the way this business works in general, right? Fans are very forgiving. They're, very, they're also very judgmental, but they're also very forgiving. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, if he comes out, makes a movie. Now, I think there are going to be some people that will not see it because of last year. They're going to make that stance. But if he comes out and makes a movie in that first out of the three movies that just be, crushes it and does what I thought he was going to do for Last Jedi, and, and again, in my opinion, I think the fans will go, all right, well, look, we're, we're going we're gonna to move past uh, our past beefs, and now let's move into this new trilogy. I think that that is very realistic. I also think, Ken, the reason why Lucasfilm is still going to go through with this is because he was easy to work with. He handled himself well in the in the PR f following all this, and he and he was a good ambassador for the company and for the brand. So it makes sense why they would keep him. Absolutely, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in a in a world uh, not weighed down by any expectations, including his own. Uh, he's a, he's a big Star Wars fan, and uh, I hear many stories of story group and other people loving to work with this guy because he was up there not locked away in santa monica and the bad robot robot bad robot the bad robot, <laughs> bad robot. is that a um, shot is that a shot that's a shot that's yeah. a shot uh um but uh i think no matter what you feel about that the the, the movie yeah absolutely he's got free right now to do something really creative yeah. to, to really dive in he loves star wars he handled himself Pretty damn well, considering what's going on yeah. in, in this world. Yeah. Most, you're right. Uh, Most people would say, you know what? Screw this. Yeah, I'm yeah. out. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not him. No. Nope. Yeah. He, 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 and he dug in the trenches. Like, he wasn't, he, he got look in at, there. Look at Alec Baldwin. Alec yeah. Baldwin on the joke, right? <laughs> exactly. Alec Baldwin on the joke. A day later, he's not doing the movie anymore. He, they announced a joke, and there's going to be certain things, and it's like, and, it, and the people went nuts, and he got all these tweets, and he's like, you know what? 
F this. I'm out of here. And Ryan Johnson's still like, no, let's let's do it. Because I think what Ryan Johnson wants to do is what we just talked about. And that's, that's, listen, I'm going to show you how much I care about Star Wars. And I'm going to get you. Like, he's not going to say that. Because I think that he, because I think he stands strong with his movie, you know. And again, good for him as a creator. Like, he's protective over what he did. He doesn't apologize for it. And he, he, he does what he does. But I think that he's going to make, I think he's going to listen to a lot of those criticisms. I think he's going to make a different movie. It's just like, all I would say is please, like, you know, just follow the rules of Star Wars for, for this one. Follow the rules. I, I, I agree with you that it was a film set in the Star Wars world, but I want to see a Star Wars movie. That's why I go to see Star Wars movies. I go to see Star Wars movies. <laughs> I don't want to see, a, I'll watch fan films and I'll watch like, you know, some, I'll read like some, some novels and stuff too, but I want to see Star Wars movies. I don't want to see movies that happen to be a movie that has Star Wars in it. <laughs> I, I respect that. Okay, all right. I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I just don't understand the rules. Yeah. Yeah. You do, though. You absolutely. I, I don't want to get into this. I, 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 I wouldn't. What are the rules? But, yeah. but there, it's just like, you know, I, to me, it just didn't It just didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, you know, and, and I know you, to you, it felt it's like the, absolutely the felt like a Star Wars. The second best Star Wars film in the world. Right. Right. And it's. But And you're not alone, and I'm not alone. But no, I'm just. I'm curious. I don't know what those. I don't know what those rules It's a longer conversation. It is a. It is a much longer conversation. It just, is I'm it the Ewoks? I'm all for no, that. No, it's yes. not the Ewoks. I'm just talking about what, well, like, what Emma said really resonated in the fact that it did. It was a, it was a film set in, that happened to have Star Wars in it. Yeah. And to me, that's just not what I was looking for. I wanted a continuation of everything that J.J. set up yeah. in 7 mm-hmm. going through. I like, I like risks. Like, I think there's... Mm-hmm. there's yeah. it, that's one of the things I, I like when a filmmaker makes risks. I just want to feel like there's just so many things I feel like J.J.'s got to clean up now that that he shouldn't have to and that's not on ryan johnson that's on that's on the other higher ups there yeah. to, that they should have said yeah, yeah but i also think so that's on jj for what he did at the end of seven leaving luke on a hill which is yeah. a great idea yeah i think that's i like that too but he yeah. should have there should have been a concrete idea it's like this is what needs to happen next. yeah that's that's sure. probably yeah. a bigger conversation. right yeah i i think yeah i mean i i think i said it when last jedi came out it did feel a little bit like ryan johnson went on reddit read everybody's theories and went well i'm definitely not doing that right. you know what i mean yeah. uh, but no and i i and and for me if i feel like with last jedi like i enjoyed that it challenged everything that i thought about star yeah. wars and that and and i think in a lot of ways that and obviously, like, I was not alive uh, when uh, uh, Star Wars, now Star Wars New Hope, and then Empire Strikes Back came out. Uh, <laughs> I just feel old here. Me, me either. I was born in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but, you know, but I, I imagine that there was a little, but I know for a fact there was a little bit of that backlash between those two films as well, right. where the first one was very much this sort of, you know, hero saves the day, typical hero's journey kind of thing, and then you have Empire Strikes Back, and it kind of ends on a bummer ending, so. Yeah. Well, different. Continue the story. Yeah. Yeah. Continue the story. Things that were set up. But that's it. Alright, let's, <laughs> what's, what's next, guys? Let's go back to The Force Awakens. Speaking of things uh, introduced, but not in The Last Jedi, Snap Wexley. Temin Snap Wexley. <laughs> Greg Grunberg's character. Thank he, of goodness. course, good old buddies with JJ. Yeah. And I love that. I love that he was in Force Awakens uh, because if Christian, if you got to make a Star Wars movie, I'd be like, cool, I'm going to be a pilot in it, right? right. And I that's sure. how yeah. it would work. Same with Monaghan. Um, so, uh, Snap, and actually we see Jess Pava, yeah. uh, who's one of the Sand Snakes in Game of Thrones. Um, we're not in Episode Eight, and their story has since been uh, filled out in some of the comics. Uh, of course, uh, Temin Snap Wexley is in Aftermath as a 14-year-old. Yeah. But we've got from discussing film, they've said, in their discussion of film, 
We can confirm via his representatives that Greg Grunberg will be reprising his role as Snap Wexley in Star Wars Episode Nine. I think this was a given. I think that it's almost like Grunberg is a uh, good luck charm for JJ. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, he's his buddy. He puts him in everything, and uh, very similar to what we were talking with Dominic. But I actually like the character of Snap Wexley. I hope mm-hmm. that they do a little bit more with him. He's like kind of like the new Wedge. Yeah, I uh, like him too. Yeah, and I think yeah. that what the, and and because this is the stuff when I get rewarded from canon because I I know who this character is. I know what he went through. In, the, in that trilogy, I know that the the stuff that he had to kind of endure with his with his mom and 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 it's 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 cool to know to know that you know and and the story the, the fact the story group has a nice handle on him so to, to watch him come back I, I'm I'm sure that they're gonna him and Poe and that that crew will will have a little bit more to do but I, again this to me is very similar to what we were just talking yeah. about <sighs> one more time. Mm-hmm. I just feel at this, this this movie to me just seems like the direct sequel to Episode Seven. Sure, and that that's already because these are the characters that we that saw. You were of, introduced to. It's I, like everything that was set up in Seven. It looks like everything's going to kind of. This looks to me. This is JJ's sequel. This is the the second movie of JJ's movies. This, this is his second film. So, and which it is, but yeah. it's like it looks like he's going to continue the things that he set up and have to maneuver around other choices that were made. As long as he supports them, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I think that there's ways to support them and also maneuver around them. Um, that some fans will probably be like, oh, that's him retconning it. But I think there's yeah, got to be careful. I, I think that J.J. has enough integrity as a filmmaker to not just retcon stuff, frankly. Right. While, while as you say, still definitely right. you know tying up and expanding upon threads that he introduced in... Force Awakens. I, I mean, let's just get everybody from Lost in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. Right. Well, but look, there's a, there is a retcon way to do it. Like, for example, and this, there's a lot of people have speculated on right. this. Like, say with the uh, with Kylo Ren when he talks to uh, Daisy really about her family, her parents, yeah. And he's just pretty. Much, and the way that he is presenting it there is as if they're filthy junk traders, and yeah. and that's it. But most people are like he's lying to her. He's just trying to tell her. As where Ryan Johnson's like, no, he's telling the truth. JJ goes like, nah, he's not telling the truth, and he's and he can maneuver around it. Which I think that there's a lot more to Ray. I've kind of made my my stance on what I, th- I think JJ again from where we, that float in hand thing was running around in those scripts for such a long time, mm-hmm. and it it but it was going to be initial really a part of the a part of what the story was. I don't think JJ has let that go. I don't. I think it's going to come back. Yeah. The floating hand cool. itself. No, but the the science behind it, I do. Sure, think. sure. I don't know. I I I think I've been pretty open about. I actually felt like having Ray's parents be nobody was a really strong choice, and I liked that the message was that it doesn't matter who your parents were. Like you're you, and you're important no matter what. I mean, it's and I mean we sort of see that reflected as well at the end of the film with the broom kid and this whole idea of no, it's you're you're not. You don't have, like, you're not strong in the Force and you're not a Jedi because of some great legacy of some family that you're part of. It's like, no, like, you just as any, like, any person can be special and can be a hero. So I, I personally liked her parents being nobody. I, you know, I, I will be disappointed if J.J. comes back around and is like, oh, no, that's, you know, she is, she is part of some magical Force destiny. But I, I'll live. Yeah, I think you're going to be, dis- I think you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Ken? Uh, 
I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's all about execution. Mm-hmm. I, I always say I'm not a film reviewer. I'm not a film critic. Yeah. Sometimes people think they're I'm a, I'm a comedian and a writer yes. uh, who sits here. And, I, and it's all about I watch things as a fan, and I want to see how it unfolds in front of me. And I go, okay, cool. That's the story. What does it mean? Right. That's why I love solo more than other people because I look at it and go, oh, that's what that moment means to the character. Right. Sure. Um, I don't go in try to over over predict it. So whatever is put before me, I'm always open to it because in Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, I want to see how it unfolds and connects. So I'm I'm in, I'm always interested to see it. And 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 earlier I did, yeah, it was an absolute shot across the bow. What I've heard some things about Bad Robot and what they're doing, but. I love J.J. Abrams. Yeah. I love the first Star what, Trek, and I'm not a Star Trek fan. Can you talk about what you hear or no? I just heard that he's... Yeah, man, even episode seven. I'm going to make my... I'll, I'll down here. Okay. But Ryan moved up to San Francisco for 16 You say he's kind of more excluded. Let, let me do things my way. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Need, I don't need your help. Yeah. Okay. And 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 that's some some things. Grumblings I've heard. Grumblings you've heard. Like okay. Greg Grumberg. Greg Grumberg. Um, and oh, finally, I'm glad Snap's back. Back, but no jokes. Like, I, I want Jess Pava. Jess, Jessica Pava oh, needs yes. to be in this movie. Yeah. As well. I totally She's agree. part of the Black Squadron. Right. And I, I really hope uh, what's her Jessica Henswick uh, is her name. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. well, here's a question for you guys. As I'm looking at these two characters in the yeah. back there, um, and I the answer to this question I myself I'm answering is is probably no. But is there a chance? Because this, this all these movies have always been about the Skywalkers, right? The, mm-hmm. It's been about sure. the Skywalker. And what it looks like is if a lot of us think that, I don't know where you guys stand on this, but I think at this point specifically, Kylo Ren is, is you can't redeem him. You just can't. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I, I I don't, don't think he's coming back and either. And so that Skywalker legacy with him, if we stick with the fact of what you want to see, that, that mm-hmm. Ray, in fact, is a nobody, yeah. um, then the Skywalker lineage dies out, right? However... What if one of these two is another Skywalker? Like whether it's a another we. we oh, <laughs> I was looking at the picture of Greg Grumberg. I was like, no, that's Snap, not, Snap, Waxley's a Skywalker. Not Grumberg. One oh, of these. Yeah, two. Like, one of these. Luke had some other. Ca- I, you Luke know, did. I'm interested in that. Yeah. They never mentioned that Ben was an only child. Right. That's, that's true. Ne- that's never mentioned. Right. Um, they don't have the conversation about it. They don't. I mean, in canon, we haven't explored it yet because they haven't <laughs> sure, discovered sure. it yet. So. It's possible. I would out of the two of them, if I was gonna guess, I would say that, you know, it would be Monaghan, but which would be huge. Um Dang. but I uh and, and I I'm gonna say that the answer to my own question is probably no. But the original script that, you know, Lucas was working on with uh with what's his face? Uh from who was the uh, Michael Michael Arndt, yeah. Michael Arndt. There was supposed to have the twins in it. And now mm-hmm. now if those twin twins evolved into Kylo and, and Ray, who the hell knows? But be interesting. Any yeah. any chance in hell? I I I'm gonna go with no, but I yeah. don't hate it, especially because I feel like again, this is going back to the stuff that I like about Last Jedi that it plays into this idea that Luke was not traditional, perfect, or yeah. traditional by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't hate the idea that he's got like an illegitimate kid floating around yeah. in space somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Ken, is any, any shot? No, I like that a lot. That, that's, that's part of too. That's part of what I love about it. That's actually what I loved about J.J. did in episode nine. I loved that Han Solo ran away from his marriage. And that's yeah. something I would not have wanted because it's the great love story of our time. They might not have had the best relationship. Right. I think, I think uh, we've seen better. Uh, uh, you know, Hera and Kanan's probably the best relationship in Star Wars. Um, I love that idea that, that 
Han's like, uh, the married life, being a parent wasn't tough. what I expected, and it's tough. And so that plays in. So if Luke, all this other, the, the I want, someone said, ah, Luke's a pessimist. He's not. He's just it, it, that's not no. it. And it, 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 he's he's failed. He's he's gone down yeah. long paths, and, and and it connects more to Jedi Return. Uh, than I think people give credit for, but I would love this side. I'm okay with it. Well, and I, I mean, just going back to what you were saying too about Luke, like I, I, again, like the whole storyline with Luke in Last Jedi, which I, uh, which I now actually really enjoy this idea of it playing into him maybe mm-hmm. having had an affair at some point and fathered a child. Right. Is this whole idea that you know he was somebody that was placed. On a pedestal. He didn't have an affair. He just didn't. He just just had a relationship. Sure, sure. It could have been Cammy back on Tatooine <laughs> who was married to, to worker. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's that's right. That's Actually, the, the, the timelines are just. Converging. Emma just went straight up scandalous. <laughs> yeah. You know, like after, after, after Return of the Jedi, Luke went back to Tatooine. I think I left some things here. Yeah. Right. Hey, Cammy. Yeah, what's up? What's going on? plot's wife. Yeah. No, but but again, it does. It plays into that idea of like. This person that was like put on a pedestal and and all of the repercussions of what those kind of expectations do to a person, which is ultimately what made Luke go the way that he did in Last Jedi. I think that it it would make perfect sense that he would have been like, I just got to like get away and just, you know, get get some loving. I'm picturing the Tatooine High School reunion. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he comes in and he goes, look what I can do, guys. (laughs) (laughs) What are you been up to? Yeah, just moving stuff around. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm I'll, de- I'll help you decorate the gym. <laughs> <laughs> moving stuff I'm, I'm around. I'm moisture evaporators. Yeah. That's cool. What have you been doing? Uh, that's true. I, right, want, I want fan art of that. Of Luke just Someone's already doing it right now. Uh, what do you got? Uh, final story. Well, we talked a little bit about this last week. The solo Star Wars story novelization by Myrtle Lafferty is out. Mm-hmm. And we do know there's another little sneak peek that uh, we going to get what was supposed to be in the movie but was cut uh, for pacing, and that is the uh, Tag and Bink. Uh, oh, right. John Kasdan wrote them in, but also John Kasdan was playing one of them. Um, didn't make the movie, and Tag and Bink, of course, are uh, Kevin Rubio's Legends characters of a, a, a two hapless rebels turned uh, perils turned maybe Padawans. It's totally yeah. non-canon and actually really funny. Uh, uh, combat. Star Wars can still poke fun at itself and should because it's craziness um and it was kind of interesting people were looking forward to tag and bank being in there i wasn't super familiar with them at the time i've since really caught up uh but it looks like we're gonna get them in the novel yeah i thought that they it was funny because I, I i wasn't as familiar with them. i mean obviously kevin is a friend of the show but i i had hadn't read it but i thought that they were actually the two guards during oh, the Chewie during, scene, yeah, during that, oh, the during guards that, that were up above, wa- during, watching yeah, yeah. Chewie and one, Han, one of them that was uh, Steve Bloom was yes, the voice. Yes, that's, I what, that's, that's what I thought. But yeah. then you know it came out that it wasn't. But I will say that our, our friends over at, um, at Random House and uh, Delray, sorry, uh, sent us the books, and I got them yesterday, oh. both for you guys. So I'll, I'll I'm make sure to bring it. Tomorrow. Actually, really, really excited to read this book because I overall liked. Solo, like there were things mm. about it that I felt like was a little too like winky at the audience of like, did you get that reference? Mm. Uh, but but I think there was a lot of really good stuff in there, and so I I'm really fascinated to see how they expand upon it in the novel, particularly if we're going to get any more info on Kira and how she came sure. to be where she is. Sure, yeah, I mean I, I'm looking forward to it. It's like again because just I, I was out I was out of town and that you had a chance to really get into Thrawn the way I wanted to and I know there's a little bit more dense um, yeah. I'm yeah. probably going to start this one first and then get to Thrawn um, also yeah. because I 
you and I are pretty similar on our taste when it comes to the books, and you yeah. weren't, you didn't love Thrawn. You didn't love. I haven't loved either of the Thrawn yeah. books. Recently, I've discovered that breakfast burritos and Thrawn might not be the things the best I thought idea. I loved. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you know the funny thing is, you mentioned we were talking before about I loved what you were saying with the relationship with Han and Leia, mm-hmm. and ultimately what he decided was right or not right for him. As much as I didn't love. Uh, last shot and I thought that there was some parts of it that I really enjoyed and other things that I didn't and I, I, I again it was a narration more than, than the writing itself I loved the stuff with Han in the apartment building with with young Ben Solo yeah. and his realization of everything you're talking about how I mean he took to like he loved this kid and he really took to wanting to be a father to him right. but the overall trying, I mean, it was like Mr. Mom, you know, trying to drop, yeah. dropping things on mm-hmm. the floor. It was, a, it was a mess. The droid waking up the baby. It was, it, I love that stuff. And that's more th- that I think like, that I like to explore inside of these novels. And I'm sure we'll get some yeah. of that in this novel. Yeah, exactly. Who are they going to write for? That's the question. Because when you, when you read these novels, and especially when you hear in the audio, they write for Harrison Ford, right? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be written for, for a young Ford or is this going to be written for all the. I. You know what I'm That's saying? That's a really fascinating question. Because they write for Mark Hamill when they do Young Luke. You can yeah. tell. Like, it's things mm-hmm. that we've learned from because they play the, they both play the character, understandably, very different. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, who, yeah. are you writing, who are you writing I, I for? I think you kind of have to go with Alden's direction to sync it up a little bit. But I think, I think you just kind of have to. Yeah. You know, there's, some, there's some moments. I think there's some great stuff in uh, Forces of Destiny when, uh, when Harrison or Han shows up. And it's clearly Harrison. You know, they have a different voice doing it. But, like... I think Jen Murrow wrote yes, it towards they, the they voice, right. of, voice yes. of Harrison. Yeah. Right. So I think this, you, yeah, you, but it's, you know, my, tone, it's tone. my friend AJ Locasio, who is I, the voice yeah, of Han Solo in oh, Forces of Destiny. Okay. Yeah, well, I want to see Mark Thompson, right? Because Mark Thompson is, yes. who is hands down the undisputed best audio reader in Star mm-hmm. Wars audiobooks for sure. Yeah. He's been doing. I mean, he's been doing this way during Legends, um, and he he nailed, he gets the the Harrison Ford Han Solo voice. If he's doing this, does right. he say? Who am I doing here? Am yeah. I doing Harrison? Because he do- could easily do either Fair one. question for him to ask. Yeah. Right. That's, well, that's what he I'm saying. He should do Perry King from the radio dramas. <laughs> <in the 70s. laughs> yeah, but I, he probably is going to pass on this one so he doesn't have to deal with it. So I'm yeah, curious that about is, that. I know that is really interesting because I, I agree with you, Ken, that I think you do need Thanks, to Ken. write it for Alden. Um, however, I would be so fascinated to read it with the perspective of it being a young Harrison right. Ford. I know. It's interesting. Because so. I, I feel like you would then get to just experience yeah. Solo in a completely yeah. new way. It's true. Ken, there's one more story that yes. we, uh, wasn't on the docket that yeah. we, you wanted to talk about. What do you got? Uh, we've got this, uh, well, it's a it's a good story, but it starts in a bad spot. It's, it is, a, it is a, a poor kid who is the victim of bullying, and this is in Desert Hot Springs, California, a fifth grader. Uh, and I'm reading here from ABC 13. A fifth grader ended up in the hospital after he refused to fight back against bullies. Aiden Vasquez, 10, 10, was bullied, uh, was punched in the face, called names, and another student even took his backpack and uh, not looking good at several stitches as close as I, but his, his mom, Lizette Casanovas, asked him why he didn't defend himself, and he cited Star Wars in his explanation, saying, I told my mom I got it from Star Wars. That's not the Jedi way. And this uh, caused uh, one and only Mark Hamill himself to tweet out something for uh, uh, Aiden uh, there. I'm going to bring up the tweet so I can read it directly mm-hmm. from Mark Hamill himself. Um, and this is, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 
sad, but this here's what Mark Hamill said. Shout out to Aiden Vasquez for his courage and wisdom in the face of adversity. I'm so proud of you for showing that you can be a Jedi in real life. Congratulations, Aiden. The Force will be with you. Always your fan, Mark Hamill, who Mark Hamill is one of the the best guys out there in this in this public yeah. world who just uh, rolls up his sleeves and gets yeah. in there. Um, so, you know, Aiden, as well, you know, I, we, we've all been bullied. Uh, I, I remember I used to wear my Return of the Jedi shirt, and uh, I actually one day got choked from behind and pushed to the ground and, and called the nerd and all those kind of wonderful things, and, and I, you showed better courage than I did. So uh, this is a, a starts bad, but it ends inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. It ends inspiring because it, it, it sends a message. And that's what this kid did. He, 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 he was able to take the things that he learned from watching these movies, the things that me, mean to us. And, and you can tell that there are a lot of kids that would have done. I mean, look, there's an argument to be made that I, I wish he would have defended himself too, but I understand now why 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 he didn't. I understand for what for what he saw and what he believed in, and he and he stood his ground because mm-hmm. of that. He just mm-hmm. didn't like t- take the punches because hey, I just I, I'm just going to get beat up here. It's just because he's like he he had a he had a an agenda. Yeah. And the fact that Mark Hamill acknowledged <laughs> this, it was it's pretty special. It does show the kind of person that we know Mark Hamill to be anyway. I feel like. This kid, it's just, it's such a beautiful sort of metaphor, and it actually takes a lot of emotional maturity to go. 10, yeah. Yeah, to go, I'm not going to fight back because anybody, your instinct is to retaliate. For me, my instinct is to retaliate, especially if I see that people I love are being attacked. But him it's it's like this great thing of not contributing anymore to the negativity that's in the world right. and just standing your ground and and being a a good person and and yeah following the, the jedi way and yeah as I, for me i want to throw those kids in the sarlacc <laughs> yeah 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 well, no one's saying that you know your teammates can't do that, but Aiden right. took yeah. a stand. No, yeah. no I, I understand. Yeah. That, that's part of it. That's that's part of what it, I, I hire like. some Mandalorians. Kid. Yeah, but yeah. I, I like I like what you said. It wasn't that he just curled up and uh, I can't. he was like, no, I have I have a thought. This yeah. is an ethos uh, in my brain. Turn the other uh, cheek. Yeah, and I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, so Aiden, uh, we're with you here. That is the end of movie news. Let's take a quick break. You know, it's one of my favorite things to do post dancing rehearsal. Not gonna lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality shows back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. 
Hey everyone, John Roca here. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want. And your certified dealers know this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. All right, so now we're going to switch on over. We talked about movie news, and now we direct it to that silly old Greedo wannabe. There he is. What's the deal with Canon? Uh, everything happening in the world of Star Wars that's not the movies, but it could be games or TV shows or books. There's so much stuff now. What I didn't realize, because I got a lot of tweets about this, Ken, when I was gone, did you guys not talk about the Resistance trailer at all? No, we did last week. Well, I know we didn't last week. We I, didn't last week. So and, that, that would have been the only time oh, we would have been talking about it. Was, so that's, uh, so you know, yeah, as people saw that, look, here's the thing. Sometimes news breaks, like, during after, the show. Like, say, on Thursday yeah, or yeah, yeah. Friday. By the time next Thursday rolls around... It's kind of old news cycle. Sometimes we want to talk about sure. it. Sure. Sometimes it just uh, life gets real busy and you forget. I thought that you that's guys had talked about it. That's why we didn't cover it. So um, no, no, because no, it would have. Yeah, last week would have been the only chance. Or the yeah, first chance we've had. People to talk freaked about it. out about this, and it's like I thought it was so silly that they got so upset about it because mm-hmm. it's like this is. And Mark Fernandez and I were talking about it. You got to realize this, guys. Like Star Wars is a bigger thing than it was back even back when we were growing up. It was just about those movies, right? It's for everyone. Yeah, it's not just for you. It's for everyone. It's for children too, like small children. And guess what? My my six year old will be able to watch this show, yeah. understand this show, and laugh along with the show. It's a it's a kids show, and that's it's okay to make a kids version of it. You're going to get some dark moments in other movies and games and books, and then you're going to get stuff like this. It's also because I think that the main criticism I think was the animation style. To me. That's old school. I like that they've gone a little yeah. retro for it. We're going to get some other yeah, stuff like it, that. I mean, it looks it looks like Ruby. It looks like this new series that Rooster Teeth is doing, Genlock, and that was one of the studios that was involved in producing this. So, yeah. so the style to me was very much what I expected. And I, I'm also with you. Like I don't, and and especially if you look at uh, like Forces of Destiny. Yeah, Forces of Destiny is for the Barbie buying right, audience. Right. And you know what? There's some really good storylines in there. So just because something is for kids doesn't mean that it's just going to be a bunch of dumb fluff and fart jokes, yeah, you know? And that's the whole thing is that, look, there's, it's... it's but can a, there be? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's an overall very, very much there's, so. There's so much now that Star Wars is giving you that if you don't want to see Solo in the theater... Don't. You yeah. just want to see episode nine? Go see episode nine. You're going to wait around for the Favreau series and that's all you want to watch? Then do that. You don't want to watch this? You're not into the animated series? Or you really, guess what? Clone Wars is coming back. So <laughs> what, wait for Clone Wars. Get the series. There's so, much that, there's so much material out there that people just freak out about it. And it's like, look, I'll be honest, I love Filoni. You know, love Filoni. This series doesn't interest me that much. Am I going to watch it? 100% I am because that's what, I, A, it's yeah. part of my job. B, I have faith in him that he's going to tell stories that he wants to tell. Right. Now, I'll watch these, and I will also say, because you've seen my opinion of certain Rebels episodes, I've been like, eh, that I, that I did not like at all. I'll critique it, and I'll say I don't like it. But 
I'm not going to just say from the first trailer alone that it looks silly. It looks for kids, so it's, so it sucks. That's that's dopey and that's destructive. But also, you know, any opinions on individual episodes of Rebels aside, Rebels was definitely for kids. It was a Disney XD show. It was a mixture, show. though. But there was a mixture. Absolutely. No, yeah. I agree. And and I think that people are passing judgment on this too quickly. Yes. And, and you're right, because the same thing, when you go from Clone Wars, when Clone Wars was on Cartoon Network, it pushed the boundaries of sure what was for kids and even more into, like, for teens and into adults, because there was some, there was some brutal stuff. And I always go back to that scene where uh, Anakin beats the hell out of the guy mm-hmm. with his fists. Um, and then you're like, well, what, uh, the first criticism that I got when I started promoting Rebels, because I loved it, like, ah, it's too kiddie. You take it off, you put it on Disney, it's too kiddie. And then there's that scene where the Inquisitor cuts off one of the dude's heads. And no, you don't necessarily see the head get cut off, but it's implied pretty well. And then you saw all the stuff with Vader that he's doing that's pretty dark. And people are like, oh, all right. And maybe there is stuff in that, or maybe not. Maybe it is straight up just meant for eight-year-olds. And if that is the case, I say, good for you. Will I be in as, as invested as I was in Rebels? Of course no. not. But, I, but, I'm, but, but my daughter might be. This might be the sh- This is another thing you have to realize in a business perspective. This is something, maybe this is the show that they think, maybe there are other people, maybe the, um, so what's this, this style animation, right? What's some of the popular shows that are out there right now? That like, are anim- Well, it's, like inter- it's really interesting because uh, there was this really, really great Transformers series called Transformers Prime. If you guys like Transformers at all, watch Transformers Prime. It is so, so and it's good. it's similar to this? No. Tra- it's, this is where it's really similar, though, okay. is Transformers Prime is 3D animated. Okay. It looks more like Clone Wars or Rebels. Then there is a sequel series to it called Robots in Disguise oh, that looks like this. Okay, so, and is it popular yet? Oh. Uh, it was, it, it ended a little while ago. I mean, again, to, to me, the, this this looks like Ruby, which is uh, an animated series that's produced by Rooster Teeth, uh, which is a, and, and also, I think, potentially a very good parallel to this, yeah. because Ruby is basically about these uh, kids. It, it's like, it's sort of Harry Potter, but they're kids with, weird powers and weapons who are training to fight sort of like the darkness in their right. world. And and it's interesting because it starts off very much being a school show and about relationships and it gets dark real fast. Right. Well, so I think there's a strong possibility that this kind of goes that same direction. And it could, but there also the, the thing that I realize is that there's there's kids that maybe have never seen a Star Wars movie yeah. ever and they watch yeah. Disney Channel all the time. And here's this show that parents says, well, you know, cuz for example, my wife, right? She's a, she is not thrilled with my six, she's almost seven, but uh, watch, watching Star Wars yet right. because there are some violent tones in it. There's some, there's some darker things. She doesn't want her exposed to that yet. This series might be the one yeah. that, I, you know, for my daughter or other people, like, hey, it was pretty gentle and simple, yeah. and that then gets them excited about, about Star, Star Wars. About Star Wars, yeah. Yes, and wanting you to see the next movie. So there is marketing strategy behind this also, guys. you got to realize yeah. it, too. You don't have to watch it. Yeah. Um, but I hope it's good. If it stinks, I'll say it stinks. Yeah, no, it, yeah. It, there is something very important about passing Star Wars on to the next generation. This yeah. is something we love. Yeah. And at some point, uh, you have to be aware of what's, uh, what and who is coming up behind you. And I think that's part of this. Just hearing what, you know, I know your, your, your daughter loves Star Wars, and then you were kind of heartbroken. Like, you know, we had to kind of pull it back from her because she was like, she, she's going to go to school and force choke somebody. You know, <laughs> I mean, we, you know that's the thing. She's, very inf- she's yeah. influenced by these things, yeah, too. So, so to have this and Forces of Destiny is something that's, I think, uh, great. And, yeah, you can, we can dig through, and we are going to dig through. And I'm sure, because, again, 
when Rebels started, the first episode, I was kind of like, all right, here we go. And then the end of the series, this is where Darth Maul dies. Like, that, yeah. that progression is not something yeah. we could have predicted necessarily at the time. It could. And then like, I think your best point you said is if it doesn't, that's still okay. Yeah. Right. And Team I, Fireball will go on forever as we'll, an eight-year-old. We will be doing our reviews. And, yeah. if, and there's a very good possibility mm-hmm. that I'm sitting and going, I didn't like this one. Didn't like the last one. I don't like this series. It's mm-hmm. very. But then there could be a, a, an eight-year-old. This is the best thing ever in the world, and, and that means that it was not meant for me. And I'm moving on. I, yeah. I would. I don't ever want to put uh, uh, kids on the internet too young. But if we did an entire episode where eight-year-olds reviewed it, we might get interesting. <laughs> Trust me, I thought about it. Like my, my, I can tell you right now, Mark Andrego has admitted this. My my daughter would crush Andrako in a Star Wars battle and me and a lot of people here too. Uh-huh, I just yeah. don't want to put her on. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go. What's next? Uh, next up here, Star Wars Battlefront 2 got a new mode, new heroes later this year and a big update came yesterday. Uh, I am uh, one of the ones who still has fun playing Battlefront 2. Problems and all. Repetitive nature and all. And there's some very valid criticisms of how EA and the team rolled this out. But I think this game is still beautiful. I still have a lot of fun playing it. And we've got uh, Ewok Hunt. My oh. favorite mode. Mode is now permanent. It, yeah. I played it last night. I was poking at stormtroopers with my stick that, and throwing wisties at them. Okay, that makes great. me want to play Battlefront it's, too. It's Did you play it? All? I have no, no. I it is it. a Star Wars horror movie because you're a stormtrooper with nothing but your gun and a flashlight, your blaster, and flashlight, and all you hear is. <laughs> These Ewoks come after you, and then if you're killed, you can be the Ewok. Emma loves and, yeah. I love it. I it's just I love little murder bears, you guys. Yes. Yes. The murder bears are there. Uh, we got the new. We know that Grievous is his picture in the background. They're coming soon. There's a new roadmap yes. laid out uh, from the Battlefront Two team of what is coming. A lot of. Uh, Clone Wars stuff, uh, prequel era stuff. Say, I've been rewatching Clone Wars. I just anytime I'm like doing something else at my house, I just put it on in the background. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I just got to some good Grievous stuff. So I'm very excited about Grievous. Yeah, so I think the thing for me is very uh, not only what we were just talking about. Uh, I played Battlefront two for the story. The story is over for me. Yeah. Um, I know how much you love playing it, Ken, yeah. and I think that it's awesome that they keep giving you more stuff to do. I don't care as much just because I want. I, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for the next Night's Old Republic. I know, I know that's. I know that's oh, like you know, look chasing I, the unicorn. Yeah, I mean. a, lot, a lot of people want that. Yeah. You're, you're not alone. There. You know, I I yeah. I feel like for me, it's like I always really liked Star Wars growing up, but I feel like what really like solidified it for me and made me want to like really get into Star Wars was Knights of the Old Republic the because best. there's just so much in that game. My three favorite Star Wars stories of all time: Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Knights of the Republic and Darth Plagueis. Those are my three favorite stories yeah. of all time in the Star Wars universe. Like over the films, those those two things. But yeah. um, so you know, and I also mentioned the games here too. You can find this on this channel. But Mark Riley and Mark Fernandez, Rula Two, they did the top ten Star Wars video games of all time, and it, it was actually really interesting to listen to. You can find the video version of it on this channel in the in the Jedi Council playlist, but. After this week, you can find their show on Collider Podcast Network, so subscribe there. And you can also obviously get all of their episodes and our episodes on audio if you subscribe to the Jedi Council podcast feed on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review there, obviously. Rate uh, and comment, do all that stuff. And, or you can listen to it on Podcast One if you're an Android user. Okay, so is that everything else in canon? Final story we do want to say here, uh, they revealed uh, the new book by Pablo Hidalgo. 
uh, from the story group. He's also a very good uh, author when it comes to putting great, fun Star Wars content out. He's got a book coming out called Scum and Villainy. This is Case Files on the Galaxy's Most Notorious uh, Scoundrels, Bounty Hunters, and Scum. And it's told from the uh, story of an uh, angle of three generations of a family of police officers in the Star Wars galaxy spanning the eras of Republic, Empire, and New Republic. Uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, I like that kind of stuff. That Pablo, sounds fun to me. who does the... Um, a visual dictionary since I always puts little tiny wonderful morsels of information yeah. in there. Hey, this will be fun. Uh, I mean, it's Pablo Hidalgo, yeah. so he's like, you always you always look to see what he's going to come up with next, and I mean, he does, he never half asses it. He always puts in all the detail and all the effort. Yeah. So it's something to probably this is pick a great up cover. Sure. I, yeah, the cover's amazing. Idan yeah. Ithano and Ara Singh, our friend Van uh, Williams, going to love that, and uh, some guy in Mandalorian outfit. Uh, and, yeah, <laughs> I don't it's know who be that good. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So that and when did he give a data when that comes out? Uh, you always ask that, and they don't really. Have no, that. I didn't read the. It's just happening. All right, fine. Is that everything? It's, uh, yes. Okay, sir. Good. thank you so much. Uh, why don't you check the, is there anything else on our buddies over at Star Wars Newsnet, who always put a lot of great stories out there. They do their own stuff. Uh, can you d- double check that site, see if any news stories okay, broke? Okay, yeah. They, oh, absolutely. Is there something? Because yeah. a lot of times they do that. But in the meantime, we are now going to hear from you guys in the Twits and on Facebook. If you go to the Jedi Council Facebook uh, fan group, you guys put in some stuff. We, we And we also have the live chat as well. So Ken's going to be going through all three of those platforms and right. looking through and hashtag okay. Jedi Council on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Anything on Star Wars News? No, no, nothing much. A casting call for a character named Karina is about the only thing on there. Yeah. All right. You know, that, that could be nothing. That could be everything. All right. Yeah, let's all right. go to the Facebook group. This is coming to us from... Uh, Eva, Eva, excuse me, Eva, uh, Eva, Eva Hans, Eva Hans. Do you think we could ever get a film about the discovery of the false? I do. Ooh, I do. I think yeah. that I wouldn't be surprised if the Benioff and Weiss stuff. I, I was going to say, yeah. I, I don't know. Goes way that, back. I don't, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that the Benioff and Weiss stuff is going to be specifically about that, but I do think it could absolutely be a big element of it, of like, it's it's set way, way back. And we then think so. Yeah, we think maybe, so. Maybe. Yeah. Assuming it's set way, way back, but it, it could be one of those things where it's like, we, in an episode or whatever, get to, to see that discovery. I think we're going to see the formation of the Jedi and yeah. everything inside of that. Um series they haven't called it a trilogy it's a series of films sure um so why not explore maybe not necessarily how the force itself uh, was brought to life but because it's always kind of been there like anything mm-hmm. but maybe how it was first discovered sure. by the jedi that you could manipulate it yeah, yeah i think that that would be cool i think it'd be very interesting i think it's almost like you know when you go to lord of the rings and you see and you go back and you see like when they find the ring yeah for the first time, like the, i mean that's literally exactly what i'm envisioning yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. a flashback like that with narration of like how this came and to that would be, be the whole movie and, yeah I'm yeah, yeah. Into it. i'm that that is the one that I'm very intrigued by, and I do think we're going to find out what the hell it is when we get to Celebration in Oct- in uh, April in mm. Chicago. I think that that's really where we're going to find that stuff out because I'm chomping at the bit for that. The things I'm most excited for in, in the Star Wars universe right now, first and foremost, is the Favreau series, then Episode Nine, then um, this the Ben F. and Weiss yeah. stuff. Those are the three things I'm most excited about in that order because I think that that's going to be – I think that I do think that TV series is going to could change Star Wars in general, and it could change Star Wars fandom in general. So yeah. we'll see. Wow. Uh, Ken, uh, this is live, so I'm reading this live. Nick Oblinsky. How are you, Nick Oblinsky? Opinions: uh, If everything that happens in episode was a Force vision, Luke once had Ray uh, had him, if he uh, handed him the Anakin's lightsaber. If he chose to throw it away and go down that path in episode eight. 
Uh, I don't understand that. Question. I think uh, I think what he's uh, uh, I think is what he's that saying, the whole it is the whole is completely retconning the movie basically, out of canon. Basically, gotcha. the, in like uh, when in, in with that it was Dallas, all in Luke's like, mind, all, yeah, all a dream or whatever it was. Oh. You know, it's like it's it, there's no way. No, like, that that's gotcha, when we were talking gotcha, before. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. when like to try to do it smooth. That's not that's trying not, to do it that's smooth. Not that's, to do that's, it that's just smooth. saying no. Nah, that yeah. movie has nothing to do with anything. It was a dream. Yeah, like that's just here's this one. I'll pre-read this one. These violent delights. Have violent ends, right? That's a, that's a Twitter handle. Uh, two things can be true at the same time. Ray doesn't need to be a Skywalker for the name to live on. We just need for Kylo to have kids. What do you think about that? Ooh, like, well, I don't think that Kylo's coming back. I don't know that Kylo's making it through this movie. No, but he so. might have had, but he might have had, you true. know. Uh, he's supposed so, to be a 30 in the story. True. You know, man. That's, yeah. that's a fantastic point that has yeah. not been thought of because people, it was first set up in Bloodline. Um, yeah. That it was... Six years before, for, he was still good. Six yeah. years before The Force Awakens. And we see that as much in, sure. in Last Jedi. Um, so why not? I mean, yeah. because going off what you said before, was Luke teaching the ways of the old Jedi right. that you can't you know, you have can't relationships? And, or yeah. was he going off other philosophies? Because if you look at Obi-Wan Kenobi, he didn't really follow those. Look good. at the Satine stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I don't know, man. Maybe that's that'd be a it'd be a great twist. I yeah. love that idea. Uh, yeah, I don't hate that idea at all. Yeah, I, and I and I agree with you about the whole Luke and what ways of the Jedi was he teaching? Because if you look at his major influences, Obi Wan, of course, being the first one, and also Darth Vader, Anakin right. Skywalker, his father. A lot of where Anakin went wrong was in that disagreement. So I do think that Luke would be the kind of person that would be like, "Nah, it's 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 cool. You can you can have worldly relationships." Thing, right, right. Yeah. But if I swear to God, if Ray gets forced pregnant, I'm out. <laughs> I am out. I agree with you on that. Yeah, out. no immaculate conception no. in Star Wars, please. No, but I'm saying from like from you know Kylo and her having like a force no. sex chat or something. No. I'm out. All right, what's next? Again, <laughs> still thinking about force sex. Who knows what they're going to introduce? I just don't want to go down that path. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, sh- <laughs> You okay over there, Cersei? Cersei, Cersei's choking on her wine. Um, uh, Sean Hood. Long, long week. Sean Hood writes, do you think Padme will have any appearances in the upcoming episodes of The Clone Wars? And a follow-up, what are your thoughts on the two most recent issues of Star Wars Adventures, following Anakin and Padme, which I actually haven't read, but I'm intrigued about those. Those are kind of the more... Somewhat kid-centric comics yeah, are actually kind of fun. Yeah. Um, a lot of Padme, though, in Throne Alliances. One of the things I loved about Throne Alliances... I think she's got to be in Clone Wars. Oh, one billion. She percent. has to be. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, and well, Kat Tabor does a great job with that character. She so is good. again. I have been rewatching Clone Wars, and she is so so, so good yeah. as Padme. And, and and yeah, I I adore that character. And yeah, she's well, got to be in Clone Wars. There's more story to tell leading They're, up totally. to because it's going to lead up to Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So and we have to have remember in the deleted scenes of Revenge of Sith, Padme's plotting the rebellion. Oh, yeah. Padme's starting to go go through that, and I, Dude, think, I think we lead up to that. Padme is a badass, yeah. and I just need more of her, and I'm really excited about the Padme book, and for her to absolutely come back in Clone Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Right. absolutely. Looking forward to that, too. Um, that is, you know, let's go back to, this is a longer question, but this is more about 
Old Republic stuff kind of follow up. And Where, you, you, Facebook? Uh, yeah, it's on the Facebook group. You kind of understand it a little bit more than I do. I always admit I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a huge Old Republic person. Uh, Paolo Del Bene writes, how would you feel if Lucas Disney shifted the Old Republic time period to approximately 1,000 years prior to the tweak prequel yeah. trilogy? This will allow them to tie in some of Yoda's origin story. They can also explore the ideas of how Yoda was aware of the rule, too. Maybe a Sith uh, defector before Darth Bane. So mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people want to hear that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm uh, down for that. I'm down yeah. for that. Yeah. I think, But, you know, there's always... There's always is uh, what does Obi Wan say in, um, in Episode Four for over a thousand generations? You know, so yeah. there's, there's been. It depends on how much time. The, the one thing that I always had that I had the issue with in Knights of the Republic is that not a huge issue, but it was like three thousand years before Episode, episode Four, four right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the technology was pretty much exactly. It was the same. identical. It was, exactly it was identical. Yeah. So um, I, I I'm cool with a thousand years before, and I think even maybe you know whatever maybe. F- I, I don't know, uh, yeah. almost 2,000 years before, sure. whatever it is, like to, to to lead into it. I still think that they could do, they could take elements of uh, some of the Legends books and, and include inside of that. Because if it's a series of films, right, and you first establish the formation of the Jedi and then the split as the Sith start to be created inside mm-hmm. of the Jedi, right, you can still take elements of Legends and take like the Darth Bane trilogy and spin that off through that because that drew carpetian stuff yeah, yeah. that's no joke like that yeah those yeah. novels i did are... read the first bane novel and i, I, you finished I liked it, right? a lot and then the, yeah well a long time yeah, ago yeah, and then yeah. the yeah. new canon novels came in i had to go do that for right. work which i mean it's the bane novels are some of my favorite yeah, novels yeah. of all time yeah yeah maybe they sit down and have some coffee with drew but why but why not but that's what i mean though like i think there's so many things to explore inside of that stuff that you can use like there's because especially with the fact that all this stuff is legends and they've done some stuff like that yeah. where have taken legend stuff and put it in but like i'm talking about like story chunks and story angles and really develop it and go through it and i still i i have made this case for a very long time and i don't know why they don't try to do it i think claudia gray needs to write a write a script for star wars and i think that drew carpetian needs to write a script for Star Wars, and I think James Lucino needs to write a script for Star Wars, and they don't. I, I, it's the same thing like back in the day when it was just like, well, the film actors are the film actors, and the TV actors are the, the TV, TV actors. Yeah. So the novel writers, they can't write scripts. That's not what they do. That is a that is ignorant thinking. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next? Uh, all right. Here's one about uh, Episode Nine. This is from Eric Withers. Uh, if Episode Nine is supposed to wrap everything up. How's it going to be less than four hours long? Seems like things will be left open and everything won't wrap up. Uh, I, I wonder if this is going to be a Lord of the Rings situation where we see, you know, the, the three-hour cut in the movie theater and then we have an almost six-hour director's cut that right. really, really wraps everything up. Because, I mean, I, to use Lord of the Rings as an example, I think Fellowship of the Ring, the original film, even in the theatrical cut, is fantastic. Two Towers, pretty good. Return of the King... The theatrical cut's okay. The Extended director's versions? cut is exquisite. It's funny that you but, say that. I was talking about that. I said literally that the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings, the like four-hour cuts of each movie, are the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're like, upsettingly good. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that that's probably what will end up happening is that is there will be some stuff that feels a little a little rushed, uh, a little unsatisfying, but then when you get to see the director's cut, it could, oh, it could just be so glorious and indulgent. Yeah, I think we're going to go... I think we're going to hit... We're going to hit the... Because I think Last Jedi was the longest Star Wars film of all time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. it was. Well, I think that, that this will... attack the clones, I, yeah. I think this will break the record. Sure. I think we're going to get around to... What was... Can you just double check what the, uh, the runtime run of Last Jedi was? Because uh, yes, I, I can, sir. I think it was like 2.36 or something yeah. like that. I, Which is by no means... Uh, 
an exceptionally long 232. film 232. Now. I think it'll surpass that. I think we'll hit about 240, and I'll be okay with that. I still don't think they'll cover everything they no. need to wrap up, but I think that they'll hit around 240. I think most fans will be totally okay with it because I think – can you double-check what uh, the Avengers – uh, Infinity War was because I think that that was a perfect length yeah, for that film. Yeah, it really was. And they're not even done yet. Yeah. And so who knows what the next one's going to be. I bet you Infinity War is like 236. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. 240. 240. 240. And that flew there you by. go. And that flew by. So I think that they certainly can do that and I think that they will if there's the story to tell. Mm-hmm. Anybody right. else? Yep. No? All right, well that's yep. it. Yep. That yep. is good. Collider Jedi Council. Thank you guys for joining us today. Thanks for all our live viewers. Thank you for everybody who submitted questions on Twitter and Facebook and uh, and the YouTube chat, obviously. So make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. It is very, very, very important for that as well because sometimes you can't catch it on YouTube. So if you're in your car, you're at the gym, wherever you might be and you want to hear us talking Star Wars, you can get this show and rule it too. Two shows a week. Every week you get these shows for us talking Star Wars. So go ahead and do that and leave us a comment and help us get up in the charts. It helps out a lot. Thank you to Five Adias for joining us. Oh, Where yes. can the kids Thank find you? Thank you for uh, having me. I am all over the internet, uh, wherever Emma Fife's are sold, at my name, Emma Fife, E-M-M-A-F-Y-F-F-E. I just want to say uh, thank you. There were a bunch of people after the last time I did Jedi Council who clearly discovered uh, Pencils and Parsecs, the Star Wars oh, RPG cool. that I do through this show. So thank you uh, for tuning in, and thank you for everybody who tuned into our finale last night. It was a very emotional time for me, and uh, it was nice to be able to come chat Star Wars this morning. We would love to have you back to do it again. And uh, I haven't done this on air yet. Congratulations on the Shire Rose uh, becoming yay, the champions. I know. I'm so happy. You guys earned it. <laughs> yes. You earned it from start to finish. It was, yeah, it was a I great mean, run. Dang. Good and job. like what? I, I mean, that's an instruction manual on how to play the game. It's amazing. Oh, so, so good. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. So Ken Napsock, Kylo Ken, where can the kids find yeah, you? Yeah, you can follow me at Ken Napsock across all social media platforms, including YouTube, where my motivations will fail to get you through the day. And I'll be playing Ewok Hunt on Battlefront, <laughs> uh, I'm sure, on Twitch some point next week. All right. I drank a lot of LaCroix. I got to pee. We'll see you next time. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply.